Well, I do want to say Happy Mother's Day again. Uh, last week, we listened, or last week, I listened to an old recording of a singer that a lot of you may say, who is that? But it, have you, how many of you have ever heard of a man named Jimmy Dean? Anybody ever heard of Jimmy Dean? All right. We, get, we have some in here. Sausage, the sausage man, of course, Jimmy Dean, breakfast sausage, that's for sure. That's the guy I'm talking about. Okay, he, he uh, put uh, some words of thanks to his mother uh, to a song. It's just an instrumental number, but he talks to her. And if, if you want to be blessed, sometime you should Google Jimmy Dean, I-O-U. Those three letters, I-O-U. And he talks to his mother about how much he feels he owes her for all that she had done uh, across the, the whole, his whole life. And so I thought it was so meaningful. So I just wanted you to know we can't repay you. This is just a small gift, but it's just symbolic of all of us here at First Baptist saying we appreciate what you do uh, day in and day out. So thank you so much. Now, last week when we were together in here, we studied Ephesians 5, 22 to 33, and we just stood back and we were in awe at the marvel of marriage. You know, I didn't think up marriage. You didn't think up marriage. None of us did. The amazing thing is God, he instituted marriage. He thought it up. And so I thought, Lord, how marvelous is your wisdom. This morning, we're going to focus on Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. And we're going to see from these verses, I think, what are some of the ways that we can express our thanks, our gratitude to our mom? Especially if your mother is a Christian mom, then what would really make her day? Of course, if you just say the words, thank you, mom. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your example. Thank you for all you do to serve us and take care of us. You feed us and all these different things. It would be great. But I just want you to know that this passage, I think, as I was going over it and over it this week, there were some things that stood out to me and I thought, that will make a Christian mother feel so appreciated and so honored. You know, I heard about a little six-year-old boy. I'm not gonna say his name was Little Johnny. There's people in here named Johnny and they're like, you're always picking on us. But anyway, there was a little boy, six years of age in the grocery with his mom. And I don't know, he got distracted and he got separated from, him, from his mother. He turns around and he looks and she's not there. So he just goes up and down each aisle and he's yelling as loud as he could, Martha, Martha, Martha. Finally, his mom recognizes his voice and knows her own name. So she comes running to the little boy and says, hey, I'm here. Listen, you shouldn't call me Martha. You get to call me mother. How come you didn't call me mother? He said, mom, this place is filled with mothers. You know, <laughs> so this room today is filled with mothers and grandmothers and maybe every place in your life is always filled with mothers. But I think all of us know there's one mother. There's one mother that is special beyond all the others. We can honor every mother that is here today, but there's one mother. If your mom is here today, there's one that means so much to you. And you need to make sure you let her know how thankful you are for her. What's your favorite way to express your, to your mother and to convey your appreciation? You know, some say, well, I'm gonna visit her. I'm gonna to go to her house. I'm gonna give her a call. 
I'm going to give my mom a hug. I'm going to send my mom a card. I'm going to draw my mom a picture. I'm going to give my mom some flowers. I'm going to buy my mom some candy. If you give your mom candy, make sure it's vanilla, not chocolate. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't, don't throw any stones at me. Uh, take her out to eat or make a meal for her. Maybe grill what she likes. You know, hot dogs would be great. I'm kidding again. I'm joking. I better get down to this. You know, spend, spend the whole day doing something that she likes. How about that? I mean, she goes and watches your baseball games or soccer games or whatever. But how about you saying, I'm going to do something that my mom likes, my grandmother likes today. You know, there's a reason why the Lord tells us to honor our father and our mother. He says it two times in the Old Testament and six times in the New Testament. You know what that reason is? Because they're going to impact your future. What they're doing now, you may not realize it, but they're programming. They're programming your emotions. They're programming how you're going to interact with other people. And so that's why God is telling us, honor them. Don't forget them. You see, you most likely will not hear about the findings of this 73-year-old study. It was once published by Harvard University Press by two sociology professors named Sheldon and Eleanor Glick. The title of it was called Unraveling Juvenile Delinquency. And what they came up with, they came up with a test that they could give to five and six-year-olds. And they were able to determine to 90% accuracy based on what those five and six-year-olds told them in the test. They were able to say, you know what? This one is headed for juvenile delinquency. They're headed for juvie. But they said, these are the things though, that when the one said that these answers, we knew they're gonna be all right. You know what the four things they identified in that study? They said, one thing is when a father gives firm, fair, consistent discipline. They said, that, that little boy, that little girl's gonna be okay because there's correction when it's needed. Second thing was mother's supervision during the day. This mom was not checked out. This mom was engaged with the children all day long. How are you doing? What about affection? Affection between the husband and the wife. If a child grows up with seeing mom and dad really love each other and from their love for each other, they share that same love with us. I'm telling you, that is gonna be one way to help them to turn out just fine in their life. And then they said, fourthly, whenever the family spends time together, doing fun things together. You know, there's other factors, I'm sure, like violence and anger in the home, the lack of moral guidance, if they are absent from school, if there's substance abuse, if there's peer pressure, perhaps these days you could put in there, you know, influence, a negative influence by social media, or tech, something like that. But the thing is, we can make a positive difference. And I know many of you moms in here, you do make a positive difference. So how can we thank a mother that's sitting in this room? I want us to look at Ephesians 6, one through four, and I wanna give you five quick things before we dismiss today. Let's stand in honor of God's word. I wanna read these four verses to you. They'll be on the screen. There's a Bible in the pew if you wanna open that one up to the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. We're gonna be in chapter six, looking at verses one through four. And uh, I believe it's gonna give us the ways that a family can constructively express their gratitude and their appreciation to their mother. So uh, let's see, how can we bless them? 
This is what it says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Lord, we just ask, would you let your living word speak this day? Give us guidance. Tell us the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, children can either bless our hearts or they can break our hearts. It says in Proverbs a couple of times that a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Another verse talks about a foolish man despises his mother. Chapter 29, verse 15 says, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. They need guidance. They need us. They need a mom. They need a dad to help them. And if, if that does happen, then you know what Proverbs 31 says will happen in the future? There'll come a day when this is what it says will happen. That lady's children will rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he will praise her. Her works will praise her in the gates is what it says. So how can we express our gratitude now, today, this week? Well, I wanna give you five quick things. The first thing is this. You can express your gratitude to your Christian mother with your ambition. An ambition that says, I want more than anything else to conform my life to Jesus Christ. I wanna be like him. I wanna be more like Christ in the way I talk to others, in my attitudes, in my relationships, the way I do my work, the way I do my studies. I want to honor the Lord. You know, this week we had senior banquet. And when we went down the line and all nine of those high school seniors that are about to graduate, when they shared their plans for the future. You know what you could hear? Nothing but that one senior talking. You could hear a pin drop in that room because everybody was hanging on every word that those students were saying about their future plans. You know, parents want to know. Parents want to know what's your ambition? What's your goals? What's your dreams? Which direction do you want to go in life? I think it would mean so much to a Christian mother to hear a young person say, you know what my number one ambition in my life is? I just wanna be like Christ. It doesn't matter if I become a carpenter, a businessman, if I'm a homemaker, if I'm a school teacher, doesn't matter if I'm an attorney or a physician, whatever I do, I just wanna be more like Jesus, whatever God calls me to do in my life. I guarantee you, if your mom hears that, she'll be blessed. You know why? Because that's God's plan for your life. Do you know that everybody in this room, what is God's ultimate plan for your life? I don't know, but I know one thing that is his plan because he said it five times in the New Testament. He said he wants us to be conformed to the image of his son. As a matter of fact, Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, he's gonna arrange everything in your whole life. He's gonna work everything going on in your life till you get it, that the main idea is that you have as your number one ambition. I just wanna be, I want to be more like Christ. I want to be conformed to the image of your son. He says it in Romans 8, 29, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, Galatians 4 and verse 19, Ephesians 4, verse 13, and 1 John 3 and verse 2. Over and over again, the aim of every life, 
ought to be, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know your son. I want to be more like your son. I want to follow your son. I want to obey your son. I want to love your son. You know, speaking of aim, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says, we make it our aim to please God. What's your aim in life? Is it only about position? Is it only about popularity? Is it only about, you know, uh, profits? Or is it something deeper than those things? Is it Christ wanting to glorify him, wanting to bring him honor? You know, aim, when I looked at this passage, I thought, you know, when Paul was writing this letter, he knew that the church in Ephesus was going to read it out loud, just like I just read it to you. And he knew that in that group, there were going to be children sitting there. There were going to be students sitting there. And so that's why he starts it off by saying, children, obey your parents in the Lord. You see, they were paying attention. And he knew that when he said children, boy, their little ears were going to perk up. He's talking to me. But then I thought it's interesting how it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Later, it talks about in verse four, to raise them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If you want to have your aim, then you ought to say, Lord, help me listen to what my parents are saying. Help me to heed the instruction that I'm receiving in Sunday school and in our uh, family devotion times. And then our motivation would be simply to do it because this is what the Lord said to do. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. How can a child, how can a student honor Christ? I'll tell you one way you can honor him is to say, I'm gonna obey my parents. I'm going to listen to what they say. I'm going to become more like Jesus. And so that's why Romans 12, one and two, it gives us a choice. Every one of us in this room have a choice. Either you're gonna be conformed to be more like Jesus, or you know who you're gonna be conformed to? The world. And so it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how does that happen? By renewing it with God's word. God's word will recalibrate your whole ambition in life. And you'll say, my ambition is I wanna follow Christ. Let's go to the second thing though. The first way to express appreciation to your mother is through your ambition. A second way would be through your actions, through your actions, especially obedience to say, whatever my parents are telling me I need to do, I'm going to comply because I'm underneath their authority right now. You know why I think God does that? Why doesn't he just tell children, children, who cares what your mom or dad says? You just do whatever you want to do. Why doesn't he say that? Why does he tell kids here, obey your parents? I think there's something really deep. I think that Lord gave me insight this week. It's because obeying my parents prepares me to obey God. When I learn that they're in authority over my life, so I'm gonna trust them, I'm gonna obey them, I'm gonna do what they tell me to do, that prepares me to whenever God says, this is what I want you to do, you're already used to saying yes, I will follow the authority that God has placed in my life. You know, even this verse tells us three good reasons why we should obey uh, our parents. Because one, it's a biblical ordinance. It's a biblical ordinance. Did you, he says, children, obey your parents. He doesn't say, why don't you think about this? I think that you might find this a good idea. No, he just says it straight. It's children, obey your parents. So it's a biblical ordinance, but notice it's also a spiritual offering. I know when I was younger, you know, I mowed a few yards, but I didn't have that much that I could honor the Lord with whenever the offering plate was passed. 
Maybe you feel that some way sometimes. It's like, what do I have to give to God? I'll tell you something you have that you can give to God. Look at what it says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's one of the best gifts that you could give to God is, Lord, I'm going to obey my parents. And that's my spiritual offering that I'm going to offer up to you. But then I noticed another one is the natural order. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then what does it say? For this is right. It's the natural order. Go ahead and study people groups all around the world. It's the same thing all around the world. Every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. They're all trying to teach their kids the way they can go through life. It's normal. It's natural. It's the way it should be. You know, I thought it was interesting how a couple of famous men, they talked about how they listened to their mom when their mom was giving them instruction. And you probably heard about these. Uh, one, the first one is a man named John Wesley. He's noted to be the founder of the Methodist church. So you can tell all of our Methodist friends in town, the pastor was talking about you guys today in a good way. It says that John Wesley wrote these words. I learned more about Christianity from my mother than from all the theologians in England. That's a staggering statement. This guy was well-educated. And yet he said, you know what? If I take all that I learned from all those theologians and I take all that I learned when I was growing up in my mom's house, I learned more from her than I did from all of them. I thought that was significant, but how about this one? John Wesley also said, my mother was the source from which I derived the guiding principles of my life. You know, if you've finished college, then you can think back, what is it you could tell me you learned in college? How many guiding principles have helped you in your life that you learned in college? And then let's go ahead and rewind the tape beyond that. How much did you learn from your mom and your dad? I bet you, you're just like John Wesley and you're learning so much that's gonna actually guide you and help you when you go through the rest of your life. But if you don't listen to them, if you don't heed what they're trying to say, imagine the mistakes that could be avoided if you had have just listened. I'll tell you another man that listened. You may have heard of him, his name's George Washington. He was the first president of the United States. You may not have heard this quote before, but here's what he said. My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Isn't that amazing? This is a guy that led the country. This is a man that was there when they founded this great country. And George Washington says, you know what? If I run it all back, where did the source come from? It came from everything I learned from my mom. Mothers, I just want you to know you're priceless. They may not put you on TV. They may not, they may not put you in the magazines. They may not put you in the newspapers. They may not follow you on social media. You may not have all the millions of followers that others do. But I'm telling you, more than anybody else on this planet, you are shaping the future of this planet by what you're teaching your sons and your daughters. Well, through your ambition to be more like Christ, through your actions as you obey the Lord, but there's a third way we can express gratitude to our mothers and that's through our attitudes. 
Isn't it possible? I mean, I can still remember myself how I sometimes did what my mom was telling me to do. But underneath the surface, I was thinking, I hate this, I wish. You know, it's like you roll your eyes, you fold those hands like this, your arms, you know, and then you stomp your foot, you know, you grit your teeth, say, okay, I'll do it, you know, something like that. Man, you just missed the blessing of it. Because what it's talking about is not just carrying out your duty, it's talking about your disposition, your attitude. How do you feel whenever you're obeying what your parents are trying to tell you to do? All right, a long time ago, I heard uh, Dr. David Jeremiah say something I'd never thought about. He said, there'll come a day when you become an adult and you'll be an adult and you'll say, you know what? I don't think God would have me to obey my mom and my dad anymore. But he said, for the rest of your life, you should honor your father and your mother. Even though you're not accountable to him to obey them now, you'll have to make your own decisions and you'll be held accountable to God for those decisions. But the one thing because of who they are, because they gave you life, they took care of you, they gave you your start. You ought to say, till my dying breath, I will honor my parents and I will not dishonor them. You know, um, Honoring our father and mother, if you'll look closely at this text, it, it makes a promise, doesn't it? It's kind of interesting. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So once again, there's no choice here. There's no option here. It's like, you're supposed to do this. But he said, if you'll do this, then here's gonna be a special double barrel blessing. Let's see what it is. That, that's the purpose that it may go well with you, that's the first part, and that you may live long in the land. I looked at it closely this week and I thought, you know, it's almost like there's quantity and there's quality. The quality of the blessing is that it may go well with you. Have you ever seen any young people as they were growing up, they were so disobedient, so disrespectful to parents, they were so rebellious, and they're like, I don't understand why life doesn't go well for me. So they get really angry and frustrated at life, maybe even at God. And yet, if you were to slow the tape down, these are their decisions. This is the way they're responding to parental authority, to instruction, to truth, to the Bible, to God, to authorities that are other authorities in their lives. And I think, wow, he says that it may go well with you. If I'm disobeying my parents and I'm a child or I'm a student, then why would I expect God to bless me in that? He's not gonna bless me in that. But then what about this? Whenever he says, if you'll do this, then I'm also gonna bless you with quantity. You will live long in the land, is what he says. And I thought, wow, there's nobody offers a better deal than Jesus Christ. Because he says, if we'll trust him, then you know what we get? Eternal life, eternal life. That's pretty long, I would say. But here's the thing. If I will just simply do what he says, it's amazing. So moms, I just wanted to say to you again, do you realize how many moms, you know, earlier I was joking about how many moms are in our world. You realize I looked this up and they don't know for certain how many mothers are on the face of this earth right now. But, the, but what I found said there are 2.2 billion mothers worldwide. 2.2 billion mothers worldwide. 77 million of them are in the United States. And I thought to myself, 
I wonder how many of those really recognize what God has entrusted to you, like the blessings and the, the great honor that they're gonna give to you is because the influence you're doing. When my brother and I were growing up in high school, we were rebellious. A different man stands before you today than was standing in front of my parents in my high school years. During my freshman year, I surrendered to Christ. But before that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't recognize me back then. You wouldn't recognize my brother back then. We were both rebellious. But you know what happened back then? My mom got a hold of us spiritually in prayer. And spiritually, she said, no matter what happens, I'm not letting go. No matter what happens, no matter how rebellious, no matter how far they go, spiritually, I'm going to keep praying for them. And so there was a, a man named Billy Sunday who became an evangelist, and he used to be a professional baseball player. And you know professional baseball players. I mean, these are pretty rough guys, right? I mean, they spit. You know, I'm kidding. But anyway, <laughs> Billy Sunday, here's what he said when he became an evangelist. So remember, he's, he just tells it straight. Two quotes from Billy Sunday. The first one is this. He said, I don't believe there are devils enough in hell to pull a boy out of the arms of a godly mother that's praying for him. You know, I think, I, I saw that, I saw that. The second quote is, there's more power in a mother's hand as she bows, those, uh, bows her head and folds her hands to pray. There's more power in a mother's hand than in a king's scepter. Wow, because a king is limited, right? He doesn't rule the whole face of the earth, but you know who does make a great impact over the face of the earth? Mothers, mothers, the 2.2 billion mothers that God has blessed us with on the face of the planet. Well, I want in closing to shift the focus from the ways that children or students, teenagers can bless their mothers and thank their mothers to the way that a dad, a husband can bless the mother. So the last verse here, verse four, is gonna shift it from the offspring to the father. I think that a supportive father can bless a mom any day. Doesn't have to be on Mother's Day. So let me give you two things to think about before we go. The fourth way to express gratitude is through your avoidance, through the husband or the father avoiding something. There's a minefield waiting on you out there. It's tough. And here's the thing you gotta be careful about. Fathers do not provoke your children to anger. See, we don't process things verbally. We don't, we usually put it down deep. So what happens is it builds up. And so if we don't watch it pretty soon, it's gonna explode. I got to thinking, well, what, how is it that a dad can avoid stirring up anger in his kids? You know, Proverbs 15, one says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15, one, but John MacArthur spelled it out really clearly and practically. Here's what he said. How can a parent avoid provoking, producing resentment in the heart of a child? Here's some ideas. One is don't load them down with needless restrictions. They're not even in the Bible. It's like needless things that are constantly so many restrictions. There's a second thing that John MacArthur listed is favoritism of siblings. All you've got to do is read the book of Genesis. You'll know favoritism, 
If you pick one of your kids and you love that one and favor that one more, what will that make the others feel like? That'll be rough. I know how I feel every time my brother and I and my mom are on group chat and he says to, to my mom, mom, tell him that I've always been your favorite. And he's joking, he's joking. But anyway, I'm like, hey, hey, that's not funny. But uh, there's also unreasonable expectations. The kids. As a matter of fact, one time I got upset because Elisa threw a roll in a dining room, you know, at a big missionary thing. And I was like, I can't believe it. And when I looked past her, I saw Ronnie Cooksey, another missionary's face. And he said, hey, come here. He said, I see your face is getting really red. I said, yeah, did you see that? I said, my daughter threw a roll across the dining room and a guy's boot stepped down in it. So it stuck on the heel of his boot, you know. And he said, yeah, he said, here's the thing. Have you ever taught your daughter not to throw things when she's eating? I said, no, I didn't think I had to teach her that. That ought to be automatic. He said, no, it's not. He said, I learned a long time ago and I'm looking at his table. He's got seven kids around the table. I'm thinking, wow, man, I only had one at that time. And anyway, he says to me, he says, I learned a long time ago. Don't discipline a child if you haven't taught them. Use the opportunity where they do something you don't like you don't approve of, use that as an opportunity to correct them, to help them for next time. Don't jump all over them if you haven't told them in advance and trained them in advance not to do it. I never forgot that. Unreasonable expectations. How about the absence, the total absence sometimes of affirmation, the total absence of acceptance, the total absence of love. Yes, we can get on to our kids when they do something wrong. But do they ever, have they ever heard us say, I love you? You know I love you, right? You know you mean more to me than all the money in the world, right? Do they ever hear you affirm them and appreciate them and love them? But also if they get the feeling that they're an intrusion into your life. I remember Jody and I, when we were still just young married couple, we didn't have kids. We went over to another couple's house and uh, we just somehow the topic of children came up and they told Jody and I, this guy was in financial management. And they said, oh, no, we don't ever plan to have kids. They get in the way. And I remember thinking, dude, what are you saying? You know, there's people that actually think that way, that my kids are just in the way. Our kids are not in the way. Our kids are such a blessing. They're such a gift. We treasure them because of how much they mean to us. Well, Colossians 3.21 says that fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. I think another thing that can happen is not just that we stir up anger, but we, we take them down into the depths of discouragement. Well, let me close with one last thing. This is for dads. I think dads can also express gratitude to mom through their assistance, through their help, through their participation in raising the children. I wonder if there's ever any mothers that feel like I'm doing this all by myself. I don't have any help here. But where the dad says, let me help with coaching the children. You know, there's three actions here. Bring them up, discipline and instruction. It says fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So I got to thinking, well, there's definitely three things. Bring them up is the Greek word extrepho. Maybe say, what does that mean? Well, if you look at Ephesians 5 and verse uh, 29, you'll see it. It says in verse 29 of Ephesians 5, 
For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes. That's the word, nourishes and cherishes it. You see, dads are, in, are accountable to God, provided by God to provide. We're to provide for the things that our families need, but we're also accountable for discipline. He says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I'm not talking about being rough. I'm not talking about being cruel. I'm just talking about being consistent, where it's consistent and they know what's right, they know what's wrong. And you're helping mother to reinforce that line, but then also to help with the instruction. I thought it was interesting how this word instruction, the instruction of the Lord means with your words. It means that you're also teaching. You're also guiding, you're also counseling, you're also warning, you're also rebuking, you're also correcting. You're saying, you know what? I'll be accountable to God. In the Old Testament, there was two, two dads that didn't do this. Eli did not restrain his sons from iniquity in 1 Samuel 3.13. David never corrected his son Adonijah and he never made him explain his actions. He was never held accountable. I wonder if across the United States today, there are any young people that they've never once been corrected by a dad, never once been corrected by a mom. I think it's our place. In Philippians 2, 19 to 24, Paul refers to a young man he was mentoring named Timothy. And he says, you know, Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. But whenever that same man, the man that the Holy Spirit used to write the book of Ephesians, when that same man was about to be martyred, he didn't have much time left, he writes 2 Timothy. The last things, one of the last things that he says to Timothy, whom he viewed as a son, is this. I think it's as though he were saying to Timothy, Timothy, don't forget your mama. Don't forget the faith how she lived it out and how your grandmother lived it out. Those two ladies, they deposited within your heart a precious treasure. Don't forget them. Don't forget either one of them. God told us not to forget our mothers. That's why he said, honor, honor your father and your mother. And you know what? I don't think God will forget. Maybe we'll forget but I think God's going to remember. And I'm not the only one because Billy Graham, Billy Graham, you know, shared the gospel with more people than anybody else that's ever lived. And I thought, well, I'd, I'd say he did something right. But Billy Graham said this about motherhood. He said, only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in the molding of character in her children. Only God. I wonder someday if we're all going to be, we're all going to be surprised, aren't we? Some of us guys get up there and we're thinking, yeah, they're going to give out some awards now. And then they start calling all these women from the back. You know, we're like, whoa, what's it? And it'll be moms. It'll be grandmothers. I, I just want to say to all of you who are moms and grandmothers, thank you. Thank you for being like Timothy's mother and grandmother. Thank you for instilling within your kids faith and love, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and servanthood, so many things. I pray that you will know that you're appreciated as you go through this day. I want us to stand together because I'd like for us to have a closing song.
says, he knows my name. He knows my name. Does God know your name? You know, there's a passage in the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew where there were some guys that they assumed Jesus knew who they were, but he's going to say to them later, they've done a lot of religious things, a lot of good things, but he said, I never knew you. You know, if you will come to Christ humbly, confessing your sins and surrendering, you know what the Lord does? He writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And whenever the end of time comes and we stand before the great white throne judgment, that's all that makes a difference. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's pray together as we extend this invitation in Christ's name. Lord, I've tried my best today just to share with the flock what you said. You're the great shepherd. I'm just an under shepherd. I'm just trying to give the, the flock the food that you give to me. So today, Lord, it was all about how we can honor our mothers. Thank you for them. I pray that you would encourage these mothers, bless them for all they're doing, continue to give them the strength that they need day by day. But we also wanted to extend an invitation because maybe someone here would say, I don't know Christ. I don't have a personal relationship with him. I didn't know he died on the cross for me. I didn't know he rose from the dead until we were singing that song in Christ alone. And so they're not standing in Christ. They're standing outside of Christ. But the invitation that you're extending to them is, why don't you come on the inside? Why don't you come home? So Lord, if there's any here today and maybe they've been a prodigal, maybe they've been straying and running and kind of following from a distance, but it's time for them to come home today, to come home to you. So let them do that, Lord. Let them turn from sin and turn in faith to Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray, amen. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.